There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high quality meat cooked at home because let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high quality, grass fed and grass finished beef, organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips, for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you feel it? The tide is changing, and that is a very good thing. Because you want more, you want to invest in companies focused on sustainability, doing good for the planet, companies that you believe in. Well, sustainable investing is the wave of the future, and expert Sarah Bankston will show you how you can invest sustainably and build wealth at the same time in this episode. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old-school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 3.5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. 
And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I talked about this in the interview with Sarah, but I can remember even a few years ago interviewing some guests for the show about sustainable investing. And the message was, well, you might have to give up some return if you want to invest in sustainable funds. I mean, it, it wasn't the, the perfect scenario, but my friends, that is no longer the case. Sarah, who runs Money Meets Soul, is a sustainable investing expert and is dropping some serious truth bombs in this episode. She is sharing everything you need to know about sustainable investing, why it's here to stay, how you can build wealth investing sustainably, and of course, how you get started. So here we go. I shared before uh, we started recording that um, my husband, who was married prior, this is not a secret on this show, <laughs> was actually married to a Swede. And oddly enough, we had gone over to Sweden, not to see her, but to visit the country because my husband had been many times and, and loved Sweden. And I fell in love with your custom of fika, mm -hmm. Uh stopping midday to have a coffee and a sweet or whatever it may be. I just thought, why in the world do we not all have this custom? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's typically coffee and some kind of sweet that you eat. And I really love that tradition. I remember when I first started working in the financial industry, they actually told me that, well, if you don't drink coffee already now, you have to start drinking because everyone that you will talk to, they will ask you if you want a fika. That's essentially how we do business in Sweden. It's over coffee. It's very much more relationship-based than anywhere else in the world, I think. I, I love that, though, because I think, I don't know, there's something, maybe it's, maybe it's a daunting experience for you, but there's something about the way we do things here in the U.S., which a lot of people, I think, would agree is very rushed and you don't get to know people and there really isn't that relationship aspect. So I think that's fascinating that it's done that way. Yeah, I really like that. But, but it also takes a lot of, I mean, knowledge and expertise because you will be able, you have to be able to have a real conversation with someone. You can't hide behind, you know, standardized phrases or a mask. It's impossible. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I mean, I guess there's a give and take with with anything. <laughs> um, well, you you had reached out to me, and you are very passionate about a topic that I think all of us could relate to. And I just knew I, I needed to have you on the show. This idea of of you say building generational and sustainable wealth, which I think is something that at least everyone listening to this podcast is. Uh, definitely uh, familiar with and, and would love to know how to do that. But tell me a little bit about what does this mean to you? What does it mean to build uh, generational and sustainable wealth? You know, the gender pay gap is getting smaller, but the wealth gap is getting wider. And one of the biggest reasons for that is investing. And I think that a lot of us has taken a stance, especially given the past few years, the emergence or the entering or coming into, I don't know how to say that, how the bigger understanding we have about the climate crisis, that, you know, investing is kind of the mecca of greed and destruction of the world. And that's why when I, I've been working in the financial industry for quite some time, and 
a few years ago, this trend of sustainable investing started to emerge. So I started to look into that, and that's what I'm doing now. It's about how can we build wealth that is sustainable both for us as people and how we want to live our lives, but also for the planet and all the people that are on it. And I think that's the real key uh, when it comes to this. And I mean, there's around 12 trillion American dollars that is in funds now that is actually the sole purpose is to deliver returns and making the world a better place. We wouldn't have seen that. It's it's four times as much as a decade ago, which is kind of amazing. Um, but this is only because of us, because we are demanding it. We're asking for it. Yeah, I was I was going to say like, what is driving the change? Is it just younger people saying, you know, we need to take better care of our world? We need to figure out better solutions and really forcing companies to to get in this. Um, or get in these different, uh, uh, well, yes. you know, sustainable I ways. We, I should say we're gaining much uh, broader awareness of you know how we've been acting in the past has affected the world. Just look at 2020. I mean, the world is never going to be the same after after the past year. And um, if we just look at some statistics, we can say that right. you know, millennials, 90% of us would just switch a brand to support a specific cause. We start put demands and asking more from companies. And that's essentially what investing is. I don't think we should look at investing as, oh, we're investing in the stock market. This is this foreign land of numbers and letters. And you know, we put it there. We don't know what's happening with it. Because what we actually do is we <laughs> invest in companies. And companies are the thing that build and drives our world. And when we ask more of them, then that can actually make the world, you know, a better place. That's what we're going to get. Yeah, I so agree with that. And I, I love your perspective, obviously different from an American perspective, because I think a lot of people when it comes to investing, just in general speaking, can be a little nervous. They don't know what to invest in. We hear cryptocurrency or we hear all of these different trends kind of emerge. And a lot of times we don't know a lot about them, but we feel some sort of urge to put to put money in them. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go well. But your perspective from a more global perspective, uh, I think is really interesting that Globally speaking, a lot of people see the stock market full of of greed in general, and and maybe that's just a, a again a global perspective that I think is really interesting to to examine. Um, well, I definitely agree. I mean, there is a lot of talk about capitalism as being something bad, um, and that it's essentially right. the capitalism's fault that we have the climate crisis and on some parts of that i agree but we cannot forget that through capitalism we've actually lifted i mean billions of lives out of poverty and essentially capitalism is only as bad as we are and when we start i think the biggest problem here is mm -hmm. that we have a tendency to separate ourselves from, from our money i mean it's People are pretty good at saying that, you know, when you deal with your money, just separate your emotions. Don't think about it. Just go purely out of numbers. But what happens when we do that is that 
you know, money and how we spend our money, just spending or investing. That's one of the major ways to, where we can express who we are and what we value. So we need to have this connection between what we care about and how we spend our money. And that's essentially the same with investing because, I mean, I think that a lot of people has understood that. Millennials, I mean, um, the statistics say that 80, well, yeah, 88% of people, okay, so I'm going to say this, but when we've, we put a lot more uh, effort into into companies, but Today, for example, we say that 88% of millennials, they want to work for a company who is aligned with their own values. That's the same approach we need to take to all our other aspects of money, including investing. I so agree with you. And I I guess the follow-up question is if maybe I've been an investor that is, say, I don't want to use the word lazy, but maybe I don't know every place my money is invested in. How do I begin to figure out, A, where my money is? Do I want it in those particular companies or funds? And then figure out the places that I I do want my money. How do I begin to make that shift? I mean, one thing that we have to remember is that investing has never been as accessible for, you know, the average human being as it is today. And um, one thing that they managed to gatekeep pretty well, though, is the education and knowledge around investing. So, I mean, what we need to start doing is that is you can look at it in two ways. You can look at funds, index funds that is being used a lot today, or you can look at stocks itself. And I don't really know which one you want to talk more about, but I think that when you start investing, you start looking at index funds because that is the general consensus of the market as of right now. But I just want to say that what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, when you invest in an index like the S&P 500, it essentially means that you own a small part of all the 500 biggest companies in the U.S. And that's a good thing. But right. it also includes companies that deal with fossil fuels, which is the exact reason that we're having a climate crisis. You deal with companies who have been fined and they're involved with, you know, violations of rights of indigenous people, of other types of human rights and international laws violations. There's just stuff that, you know, is all hidden and all buried that we don't really know about. There are some companies that put up this red lists of companies not to invest in or that doing bad things for the world. And I think that we should really take a closer look at at them because there's a lot of work being done for us. It's just not out there for the common eye to see. Mm, Interesting. Hmm. Are, are there, uh, are there index funds specifically around uh, like sustainable companies or sustainable investing or does that not quite exist yet? Yeah, there's so much out there. I mean, you know, back in the day, about five years ago, when we were talking about this, um, they were all saying that, oh, well, you know, if we want to invest sustainably, you know, people don't care about that. People just care about performance. Just, as long as it goes up, no one says <laughs> anything. But today we can actually see that sustainability uh, it plays a part in in every type in in the entirety of a business and the entire ecosystem. So if we look at, there's so many. The first thing you can do 
is that when you look at a fund, look for the letters ESG. It's an acronym that is being used when it comes to sustainability and investing, which essentially stands for environmental, social, and governance. So these rating systems, they put scores on companies depending on, you know, what effect they have on the climate, how much pollution they generate, and how they treat their workers and, um, you know, data security, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And then a lot of index funds that has these ESG, what they do is that they just screen out the companies who are doing poor in these areas. And last year, if we just look at an S&P 500 index fund with ESG, they're actually overperforming the normal S&P 500 index. And that's kind of... Really? Yes. So we don't have to, you know, look at, okay, do I have to sacrifice my conscience for performance? No, we don't have to do that anymore because that is the future. Wow. Yeah. Because even just a few years ago, I I did a few episodes on sustainable investing. um, And I I remember that conversation of, well, you, you might give up some return and and that's kind of the the catch 22 and do you want to do this do you not want to do this and so i find it so exciting that we're in a time where that conversation no longer exists it's just investing and it's deciding how you want to invest and that you can still get a great return yes exactly if we look at you know longer term studies because that's essentially what what is interesting here um, there was one that I just want to mention real quick that was actually one that was started with the sustainable su- sustainability reports of companies in 1993. And then they looked at how these companies were performing in 2009. And the companies who had the highest, you know, um, highest scoring sustainability reports, they were also the ones who significantly outperformed their peers when it came to performance on the stock market. So there's something to say about that. Now, just look at Tesla during last year. Tesla is also a company that is saving the planet. And now people are starting to realize, oh, these new technologies, there's money in that. So that's also why we see this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news, well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time consuming. I tried all of the apps. 
but I just didn't find one I liked until I found Monarch. And I've got to tell you a secret. Monarch is so easy to use with a very intuitive design. You can even collaborate with your partner and you can customize Monarch for whatever your needs are. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Let's go back to the collaboration bit. Because we know money is a leading cause of divorce and breakups, Monarch has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. You can see all your finances, make a budget together, get insights on your cash. Yes, cue the confetti. There will literally not be any more arguments over money. And if you've been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, or rarely updated, so was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch has a tool that allows you as well to easily import your data from Mint. You can keep all of your tags and all of your categories. After trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone. But worrying about it, it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well, honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. What are some of the um, like? What are some of the trends when it comes to uh, investing sustainably? Are, are you looking at like renewables? Are you looking wh what sort of like industries or trends should you be looking at when you're thinking about investing? Well, one of the major trends right now is, of course, the 
divesting from fossil fuels. That means that all the major funds throughout the world, they're actually taking their money away from oil and gas companies. And I mean, BlackRock is one of the largest asset management um, companies in the world. And they actually said that in the beginning of last year, that they will start focusing more on sustainability as well. So what that means is that when we look at where the money is going right now, it's going towards things that will essentially save the planet. I mean, the European Union now uh, as well, they said that they will invest $800 million in wind power. Mm, yeah. So those renewable trends are incredibly strong right now, but also when it comes to the things that we as people actually consume the most. So if you think about your budget and the biggest parts of your budget is essentially housing and maybe your car. And those things are what we are pushing to be become more sustainable. So it's all about, again, we don't have to look at these high tech, you know, super high performing companies. We can just look at, okay, what do I do? What do I use? If I call myself a conscious consum- uh, consumer, conscious consumer, then I can actually just get highlights and hints on where to look for or where to look for things through that. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I, I know that I've been doing that myself a lot. My husband and I just, how, how do we become more conscious consumers? How do we become more aware of, of our space, of where we live, of how we spend our money, of the cars we drive? I mean, you know, everything. You can get really minute down to it, but it does really open your eyes up to to different companies, to different technology. And I think that um, that's really exciting because I feel like we've done it the other way for so long. And it's not really working well for us as a as a as a world, I should say. I mean, it 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 that isn't sustainable how we were doing things before. No, it's not. Well, one of the issues when it comes to sustainable investing that is that not a lot of it is standardized yet. But given the mm-hmm. the trend, it will come pretty soon. Because right now, most of the things we're talking about, it's self-reported. That means that you have to have a a big trust in the company in the, in their governance to begin with to be able to trust what they're reporting. There's also a lot of companies who actually use this, you know, corporate social responsibility. That's a marketing term. Uh, and if you put that into the marketing budget instead of the core of the company, that also tells you a lot about what they actually stand for as a company, in my opinion. Yeah, that's really interesting. And how, how would you even begin to figure that out? Is it just doing some digging into the company? Yes, it is. But the thing is that what you can do, of course, if you have a big portfolio and you look at the companies, I I don't think that everyone needs to know all 500 S&P 500 companies to be able to say, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. You know, the the essential questions are still there. You know, um, do I understand how they make money? Do I agree with what they're doing? But also, do I agree in how they make money. Um, because, for example, a company like mm. Amazon, you could say, um, you know, they're doing a lot of really positive things. They have started this, I think, $2 billion venture fund for you know, essentially making the world a better place. But they're doing that while their core business, they're still underpaying their employees. So 
what do you care about? What's important to you? Right. For me, that last part overshadows the first one. But that's me. That doesn't say that I'm right about everything here because we all had to look into ourselves and what we actually care about. And I've come to realize when I've been doing this work that the most scary questions that I ask people is just that. What do you care about? What, what matters to you? And I think that's so important because it goes back to that that division with your money of being unconscious versus conscious. And I think so many of us, because we don't like to talk about money, really, we uh, it, maybe it's stressful, maybe there's anxiety, and there's a lot of unconscious uh, decisions that we make, spending, saving, all sorts of things. And we're all guilty of this. This isn't just uh, highlighting one person. But it's what you're talking about is moving from that unconscious state to a really conscious state of figuring out those things. What do I want to invest in? What do I want to stand for? What is important? What do I want to spend my money on? I mean, all of those questions we tend to just brush over, but th that's the really important stuff. I mean, to me, that's that's the meat of it. Yeah, it is. And I think that that's why it's so important that, you know, uh, we start talk talking more about money. There's a lot of phrases in investing or a lot of jargon. I don't know if that's the right English word. <laughs> yes, that is. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that I just cannot stand because I think that a lot of people just want to make things more complicated than it is. And um, I know that it's scary. I know it's your money, but you also can look at you know, the biggest companies, for example, one of my favorite companies is is Apple. And I can tell you, I will never sell my Apple stocks. But it's not, I know that they have had some scandals, they have some con con controversy. But the CEO, the way he acts around the climate crisis and their pledges into, you know, how they're going to make the world a better place, that is what matters most to me. And these are things that are kind of right. rushed over today when we look at investors but the thing is that as i told you in the beginning we have today around 12 trillion dollars in funds that will make the world a better place and that is not because you know the financial industry wants to be good or have a good heart that's because we're asking for it <laughs> so that's what we need to do that's the first step if you yeah maybe you don't want to invest by yourself maybe you want to invest through you know a, a broker or a financial advisor then ask them is this sustainable that's the easiest thing that you can do or how do you um define sustainability do you look at the esg principles of the funds in the companies that you um, advise me to invest in for example and the more we ask for it this is you know with everything uh, if we as consumers ask for something they will give it to us mm. yeah i like that i like that a lot um wow it's it's so powerful and it, and this definitely made me think a lot Tell me a little bit, how, how did you get involved in sustainable investing? How did you get involved in investing to begin with? But then how did you make that shift over to, to sustainability? That's a very good question. I mean, I think that, well, I started working in the financial industry for two main reasons. The first one was that I wanted to help people with their money. 
essentially, we know, we both know that money can be a very toxic topic for many people because we tend to project a lot of things onto money that it hasn't really anything to do with money at all. And I wanted to help with that. But there was also this part of me that strongly believed that more money would make me happy. So I wanted to make money. Um, But when I got into the industry, um, I was actually surprised by the amount of people who were in it only for the money. But And climbing the career ladder, if you want to put it like that, I was quite successful. Uh, I mean... I I was able to do a lot of things that I, that many people would would not um and I remember checking all my boxes of you know how much how much money I wanted to earn I bought my first apartment I went out eating Michelin stars restaurants and all of those things and all my boxes were checked and I just looked myself in the mirror and I said well shouldn't I be happy by now but I wasn't I I was doing worse than I've ever had uh, ever so I I left right. for a while I went traveling for around three months before I came back to Sweden because I just needed to get some sep- separation because because money can be very well numbers driven like we we're talking about um so I, um, I I went traveling and when I came back this whole era of sustainable investing had started. So I started uh, working with a, with a firm who was specializing in sustainable investment here in Sweden. And um, it was so fascinating to me because that was the first time where I could actually see how, okay, we can start moving money away from this destruction and greed and you know money being more important than human lives or the planet towards the prosperity of our species to all species, if we're being completely honest, and to making the world a better place. And that's why I got so interested in this. But the major problem was that going out to financial advisors, going out to banks and telling them, this is our fund, they're performing really, really well. And they said, well, people don't care about that. People don't care about <laughs> sustainability. And that is because they don't know. And that's why wow. I'm doing what I'm doing. It is because the education and uh, information has to be more public. So that's what I'm trying to do with my work is just to make it more easy for people to uh, understand and uh, grasp. Yeah, you have uh, an amazing uh, Instagram, which I love. You post all of this educational information. And uh, I just love your your approach to it all. I think it's so fantastic. What does it look like for you on an average day being an investor? Well, I spend a lot of my time reading news. I mean, if there was a newsletter anywhere that could be like, this is sustainable investing, this is all you need to know, um, that would be awesome. But now I have to kind of dig through everything um, to find what I'm looking for. So a big part, also a big part of my Instagram account is to share this news. Um, to have people understand that in the most sunniest part of the world, right now, during last year was the first time where solar power became more profitable than fossil fuels. That means that, you know, as soon as the prices of solar power is low enough, everyone's going to make the switch. Yeah, totally. That's insane. We we need to know that, but I didn't see that in any of the big news uh, news sites. Of course not. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think that's so uh, that's just so exciting, and it's so exciting to hear from you that that these shifts are are happening, and that it's really, I think, only a matter of time until you know things like like solar does overtake fossil fuels, and you know, hopefully, companies and people f- follow along with those trends because. Uh, it's hard to argue that um, that climate change isn't affecting the world. It's really hard for somebody to argue that. Um, and I've had plenty of people try to argue with me, and I just like I, I just don't see it. Like we're we're not getting better. Things aren't getting better. So what else could it be? I think it's very interesting that you guys still have that conversation because whether it's real or not, what's the worst thing that can happen? By changing this, this uh, totally. the way we live our lives right now. If we're wrong, then all right, we we still made very good choices. But if we're right, it's crucial that we make these choices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is like such an awesome statement. Um, wow. Well, I, for somebody listening who is interested in sustainable investing, maybe they don't have a, t- a ton of money to get started. What are some of the ways that that somebody can start investing sustainably, even if they don't have a lot of money to do so? I mean, like I said earlier, I think the most important thing is to look for ESG um, when you look at your index funds or when you look at your funds. But there's also so many interesting other types of ETFs that are happening out there. If you want to invest in companies that do really well when it comes to you know, diversity and inclusion, there are three ETFs that I've found that specializes right on that topic. So it's all about what do you care about? And I think that that's, um, that's one of the most fascinating things here. But overall, be consistent. Just, I mean, I don't look at my investments investments every day you shouldn't it shouldn't really matter Uh, because one of the questions you have to ask yourself is you know will this be around in 10 years Um, because that is when we can build generational sustainable wealth it's not to trade in and out that rarely works is to stay put and be an active owner in a company that's where we need because money is power and we need more uh, power in the hands of good people that's what i always say so you should do that but also i mean it's beginning of the year if you set up an automatic transfer to your investments account now monthly if you do it this month um then you don't have to log in yet you don't have to be consistent because your automation is doing it for you so it just takes you a few hours maybe depending on your level already to make this shift and then it will just cruise along its own speed. You don't have to do anything else. That's the beauty of this, I think. Such great information, such great tips. Well, Sarah, please tell the listeners, where can they go to connect with you? I know you have an awesome uh, free workshop online that talks more about uh, money and investing. So tell people where they can go to find you. Yes, of course. Um, Well, you can find me at Instagram. My handle is at moneymeetsoul. And from there, you can find everything else. I have a free masterclass. I have a lot of things coming up during this year. I'm very excited. Um, so yeah, I'd love to talk to you more there. 
Well, what do you think? What do you think after listening to this episode? I know I'm going to be digging a lot more into the ESG ratings of companies that I've invested in. And personally, on a very personal note, if you don't follow Sarah on Instagram, you really need to. She shares so much information about investing, sustainable investing, that I feel like every day it's like a masterclass and I'm learning so much. So make sure you go over there and follow her as well. And she's got this great free masterclass on her website. So definitely check that out. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Listen, if you enjoyed it, do me a favor, share it with friends, family members, anybody you know. That's how we continue to grow this podcast and keep bringing in amazing guests like Sarah. So I'll see you back here in a few days for a new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.